when you buy a car at a dealership, the whole thing is like them just trying to make you, they're trying to drag the, the sale process out long enough that you'll agree to anything. It took, right. we got there at five o'clock on Friday. I drove out of the lot with my car at a little after nine Jesus, yeah. at night. It took four hours. Well, how long did it take for you to realize what car you wanted? About 15 minutes. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Inferior Men, the podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. That's me. That's me too. Steve, how are you I doing? I am fantastic. It's yeah? been a second. We took we took a small week break. Yeah, we had to take a week off. Just because uh, of scheduling. Some scheduling issues. Uh, you were out of town for some family stuff, some and family so we stuff. had to like preload some episodes. And just so you all know, we are back in second bedroom, bedroom studio. studio with Brad Kemp. Brad was on our show for episode 12? Yeah. Yes, because this is episode 14 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we have a we have a special guest. Yeah, we have a special Frankie guest. Frankie the dog. Frankie the dog is with us today. Yeah. So uh, I think last time when we were here, uh, Frankie had not actually been adopted just no. yet. It was the uh, day before. And and we were actually I I came in and I I didn't want to say anything because there was a dog food bowl, oh, there yeah. was a dog bed, and, the, and we talked about this, but yeah. there was no dog, and right. I didn't want to be like, hey, where's your dog at? And they'd be like, it, it died yesterday, you know. So <laughs> luckily, he just hadn't been adopted yet. They were just being good preemptive parents. And you know how excited I am that there's a dog in the studio. I know how excited you are. And the thing is, I kind of feel bad because, you know, Frankie's a cute-looking guy. But but you're going to be hating on dogs this episode. If anything, if anything, dog comes up and I get really <laughs> angry, I'm just afraid Frankie's going to turn on me. Like Brad's like, oh, he's a nice dog, and he's just start, he just starts snapping at me, mm-hmm. nipping at me. Chris, you are two weeks away from being a father. Two weeks away. She's coming. That I, little baby's coming. I can't stop her at this point. I'm going to hold that baby. You're going to get to hold her. I'm yeah. going to play with her. I've never had a niece. We've talked about this so many times. I've never had a niece. I have three wonderful nephews. You still won't. I mean, she's not your she's not your niece. Yeah, but I get to pretend, you know. Tristan, um, your wife allowed me to well, why get you, to be you, Uncle you Steve. You could pretend with some other kid. I don't want to. I wanted to do okay, it with your fine. baby. You can you can she can be your <laughs> she can be her uncle or whatever. I don't care. It doesn't matter. So not only it doesn't matter. <laughs> Uncles don't matter. So not only do we have They only matter if they're rich. Not and I'm not rich, yeah. so yep, that don't matter. We have Brad Camp in house because we we're do. at uh, Second Bedroom Studio. We, we have are. Frankie in the house. Frankie's in the house, and we have our special guest, yeah, Nick Defina. Nick Defina is here. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing quite well. How are you guys doing? We <laughs> are great. <laughs> well, we already said we're great. Were you not listening? <laughs> Jesus. No, I check out when I'm not being talked to. <laughs> uh, Nick is the director of uh, an award-winning animated feature called Lacerdman. Um, he did the movie all himself, uh, animated, not all the voices, 
Um, but we are going to dive deep into his movie in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I got to see it on the premiere night. Totally blown away. I know Nick had been working on it for what was it, about five, five years, right? Five years in total, yeah. Um, and so it was just a really great production. So uh, we're really looking forward to jumping into that. But before we get to that, yeah, gentlemen, today is October 21st. And you know what that means? No. That means at select Arby's locations, you can get a venison sandwich. Is that today? Yes. That's right. It was one one day only, and it's today. Today. Um, you know how they usually say Arby's has the meats? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching, you know, uh one of the baseball playoff games the other night and they they had the commercial for it and it was just like Arby's has the venison. And <laughs> I uh, uh, my Sounds wife like and threat. I just like died because we were like, "Is this is this something new?" First off, are they doing this at all locations? Secondly, if they are, where are these? Where's this deer meat coming from to satisfy the amount of like? And how many people are going to eat deer? I tried. I mean, I've eaten deer. I've, I've had deer before. Would you eat I've it never, at Arby's? I've though. never had Arby's deer. <laughs> and <laughs> just. Arby's I've deer. never had Arby's yeah. deer. Well, I've also never. I mean, <laughs> I want that as a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I fell off their mailing list, so I didn't know they had it. Even so, now I'm gonna have to give it a shot. So, why do you know any reason why they're doing? Like, are they doing this yeah, for a specific they, reason? They they actually did it. They did it a year ago for whatever reason. I was not uh, privy to this, or just wasn't aware of it. You so weren't paying attention. I just wasn't paying attention. I wasn't doing a business podcast, so it didn't matter. Uh, <laughs> last year, Arby's served venison sandwiches in five states in an effort to win over more than 20 million hunters in America. So this is from Business Insider. Um, they're also, just so you guys know, uh, they're also testing an elk sandwich in three restaurants. <laughs> so that's In and- Colorado, <laughs> Wyoming, and Montana. And reindeer... In Alaska, there. I mean, their whole Moose. thing is like we have the meats, right? So now, yeah. like, why not? Like, and this whole like hunter gatherer thing, you know, where they have like the meat eater TV show, where it's like we go out and hunt, you know, like the pride people take in hunting and, and eating the the meat that they kill. You know, you're in America when the demographic that you're targeting are hunters trying to nail down those twenty million hunters. But I mean, that's <laughs> not that big a deal. Cabela's. You know, Bass Pro Shops, that's like No, I get it. I just think it's it's funny. Usually and you're women. like yeah. nowadays the trend is to try and hit millennials, but Arby's is like, nope, we're selling meat. Hit the target. <laughs> well, the I think target the, it's, hunters. A, it's a forgotten class, which is, you know, I think why we often have a lot. Have of, we forgotten about the hunters? We've I think forgotten we've forgotten a lot. <laughs> I think we've forgotten about large swaths of middle America in term, for a lot of reason, which is why you know, we have a fairly divided country right now because we're not serving venison at Arby's. Remember when, uh, I think it was like episode one or two, we were talking about Bacon. Yeah. They should they should <laughs> join forces with Arby's and sell that boar meat. I did read a review on it today, too, because I was curious if it was any good. And the guy that reviewed it said that it actually was pretty good. I'm he sure said, it's fine. He said his only downside to it was a, it was a little dry, but he sure. said it was cooked fairly well. It was just like salt and pepper. And he's like, it tasted, you know, a little gamey, like like uh, deer meat taste. You have venison in this freezer? Yeah, Second bedroom studio serves yeah, venison. It's yeah, a little, little counter marketing the Arby's here. <laughs> it's a good, it's a it's a good question because you know there is like they always say that there's deer problems, you know, like too many deer 
which that's why they have the hunting Way season. Way too many deer. So where's Arby's getting these deer? I'm sure that's farmed, though. They have farmed venison. They're, Arby farms? Do you think they have, like... Farmbees. Do you think that they just have, like, guys in, like, paper hats that have Arby's on it, and they're, like, walking through the woods uh, with a shotgun I and mean, like, just blasting deer down? I mean, I'm One guy surprised. with a shotgun, one guy with yeah. a meat slicer. You go, you go to Arby's, and <laughs> have you ever been... I mean, I don't know, you know... From when I where I grew up, like it wasn't uncommon to like drive down the road and there would just be deer hanging in fr- like in people's on their front porches, yeah. like hanging. Kill- they bleed them out, so like when they kill them, they'll hang them up and then you know they'll field dress them, so they take all the intestines and stuff out. They leave that behind in the woods, and then you bring it home and you just leave it hang outside for like to get all the blood out. And there and was y- always in the bushes some Arby's guy just peering. <laughs> yeah, someday, yeah, someday, yeah, someday you'll be in my restaurant. You've got, you've got your hunting rifle, and then you've got your handgun at home to shoot the Arby's <laughs> employees who are trying to steal your venison. Mm-hmm. But like wouldn't that be great if you got to Arby's and there were just like deer hanging? In the front, and they're like, "We got the meat. We got the just, meats. just for today, though. Just, just for today. Like one day their only. Halloween horror shop. <laughs> it it is. I wonder why deer. it's only one day. Because I don't think there's enough deer meat to last more than a day. I would guess that it's um. It was so it's so expensive. Yeah, too. if it's if it's like the hunting season, the mm-hmm. Arby's probably doesn't have a very strong foothold in the deer <laughs> game yet. They're probably trying to wait, wedge their way in. So it's right. Like, it's right before. It's right before like. Uh, hunting season too, like deer season and stuff is coming mm. up. I I think it's not in, for another it few. Started. It may have just My started. Just left. Yeah, but like I'm sure they don't want to do it during, sure, like hunting season because they're like, why would I eat a a yeah. venison sandwich? They want I, they want I already have two hundred pounds yeah. in my freezer right now. So I love. Arby's outside the fact that oh really you do oh love it wow. really love all right, what, all right their beef and cheddar stuff. My question is. I had heard this, and I never checked it, so it became truth in my head without ever verifying that the roast beef is actually in liquid form, and they kind of squirt it out under the grill, and then it kind of... I don't uh, think that's true. Become, <laughs> it's like pancake batter? Yeah, I'm, I, I didn't go that far into it. I'm like, that, that sounds about right. I really don't care to look this up, because it, it tastes... I mean, I haven't had it in like seven years, because I want to live to at least you know 80 or so. Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if See, that's can you true. Verify this? I, I'm verifying it now. Well, I don't know if it's verified, but if you Google image Arby's liquid meat, there it looks to be like paint buckets of just like. But you can buy like you can slushy. buy like Italian beef in like buckets in Chicago where you're just like scooping out and throw it in a crock pot. It, that's probably something like that. That looked like it was a. Uh, I don't. Snopes, though. Snopes.com says it's false. Okay. Well, you, how would you have the texture right? I don't know. The texture, yeah, because Arby's meat texture is great. It's gonna, it's not gonna taste like a pancake. <laughs> I think they would just sear it just enough to give it that pseudo uh, that solid sear that state. meat pancake. Je ne sais quoi yeah, exactly. of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I actually, I kind of, I think it's genius. Arby's new like marketing campaign of we have the meats and like, have you heard the the sound the song that they do on the ad? Like, it's like bum bum yeah. bum bum. I think that's super catchy. And this, but this also brings it back to like fast food companies doing things like this. If you guys remember, a few years ago, KFC had the sandwich that was just two chicken fried breasts. chicken breasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, and they only did it at maybe like one or three locations. Yet the amount of like viral marketing that they got out of it, it's like, ooh, KFC's doing this. It's like they did it at one location. And now 20 million people are talking about KFC. 
So th- they get it. And it and always... that's, all, that's all this is, too. This is just to get people talking about Arby's. Also, tell them about the, Which the, we are. the KFC thing that we found out today, we were reading about today, the, their Twitter. Oh, yeah. So KFC, this, this, this was something, I don't know if it was just discovered this week, but if you go on to KFC's Twitter account, they only follow 11 people, yep. five of which are the Spice Girls, and the other uh, six. six are people named Herb. So it's 11 herbs spices and spices. Herb, but 11 <laughs> herbs and spices, right? So it was like just a great, just an absolutely great, like subversive uh, way to market that market their Twitter account. Uh, that's great. I So while we're talking about fast food, uh, I have a something that I found. Remember Pizza Hut? Vaguely. Yeah. Well, it's still around. It's still the top fast food pizza in the, in the, the yeah, world. Yeah, like think so? Yeah. Well, Little I mean, Caesars? Where's well, Little Caesars you cons- but do you consider like Papa John's? Because I think Papa yeah, John's is probably. Absolutely. They're kind of the gateway to like gourmet pizza, I would say. Mm. Like a, uh, oh, just, because of the, right. just because they put a pepper and that garlic dipping sauce, yeah, they're somehow <laughs> an elevated pizza. Just because? <laughs> just because? I understand. No. This is like a thing for people that they like yeah. that, but I don't really care about that crap. You don't like that garlic butter? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so Pizza Hut, I was. Uh, this is uh, coming from Market Watch. Uh, they announced a new pizza delivery system that is two years in the making and uses materials found in your home and also in space to get customers' orders to them in oven fresh condition. That means hot. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, how hot? How hot do you need your pizza to be, Nick? Or have you ever had a pizza delivered? And we're so upset that it was not hot enough. <laughs> That's not the problem with Pizza Hut. That's not the problem with pizza. No. We eat, like, I eat most of the pizza, half of the pizza that I eat is at refrigerator temperature. Yeah. Because I usually get, like, a large pizza, and then, you know, we'll eat, like, half of it. And then the other half goes into the fridge for, like, lunch and stuff for the next couple of yeah. days. And you're just eating cold slices. And I think most of the pizza that I eat for the past 10 years has been, like, uh, like, it's either a drunken night or I'm at somebody's house. Like, oh, we have his pizza. Like, all right, all right I guess I'll eat that. It's not something. Uh, yeah. Also, shit players. I love cold pizza. Yeah, yeah. It, I I it eat cold pizza no for different. Days. Yeah, there's like no difference to me. It's like eating it insanely hot. Like, I don't need to have it. First off, they want you to have a a piece of pizza delivered to your house that you're going to like burn the roof of your mouth yeah. on the cheese. I'd be more so, mad about that. So yeah. the, the pizza hut engineering team, cause that is a thing that exists. The fact that that even there's mechanical anything. engineering, yeah. there's chemical engineering. They right. invented and then there's a pizza hut thicker, a thicker pizza box and crisp sheet. I inserts in quotes that the company said in a statement dramatically improves the overall heat curve of pizza. Wow, hut sounds incredibly scientific. You know what? I, does this improve the quality of the pizza? Probably not. That's what I'm saying. You know, I had Why a friend. Don't we focus that, on the pizza. I have a friend. She worked at Pizza Hut when she was in high school, and she said that uh, what they would do was the the all of the dough was just frozen, and mm. so what they would do the night before they would just take out like fifty of these frozen pieces of dough and just let it sit out all night to yeah. thaw out, and then they had these can, these aerosol cans that was just called like flavor spray and when it came out of the oven they just would spray every pizza with this aerosol can sweet wd-40 it was just yeah yeah, it's just like msg liquefied (laughs) and like spraying out of aerosol three layers of delivery pouches the first made out of thin slit insulation which is commonly used in ski jackets 
The second is made out of a PET aluminum radiant barrier that reflects heat and is usually found in astronaut space blankets. And the third is a polyester fiber padding that traps heat and is used in pink insulation in homes. This is what Pizza Hut is doing to deliver you hotter pizza. Maybe, Hotter, mediocre pizza. Maybe this is a thing like in the suburbs where the, the wait time would be longer. I doubt but it. But even where I grew up, like we couldn't even get food delivered to our house. Because like, you lived off a farm. We mm-hmm. lived off a farm. And far- you dug holes. Off of a farm. Uh, we we couldn't actually. I've never, we nev- I never had you food had to pass delivered. The time waiting for the pizza. You had to do something. <laughs> Got to dig holes. The first time I ever had food delivered was when I was in college. That was the first time I was ever it, had. Did it blow delivery. your mind? No, I mean I knew what it was. I wasn't like completely fucking stupid. I just like <laughs> what, I just had was not it? experienced it. Was it, it was pizza? Probably, like, was it, it was probably like Chinese food. Mm. I would I would assume it was probably something like pizza or Chinese food. See, I've gotten like Thai food delivered, and it's been lukewarm, and it hasn't been the warmest. But I've never called that restaurant back to complain because I just want to eat it. Like at the yeah. end of the day, who the who the hell cares? You're hungry. Yeah, just I've always I have a very bad palate, which explains why I like. Do Arby's. you really? Yeah, I, I, I mean I really don't care about anything. As long as it goes in me and it converts into energy, mm. that's all. So like, eating leftover soup or cold chili, I won't even throw it in the microwave. Just eat it and go. Like, I feel like that's your philosophy on sex too. Yep, well, it's three pumps and we're done. <laughs> and my energy. One for fun, one to get serious, and one for love. You love. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we uh, we tweeted. Uh, something to Pizza Hut because they're doing this promotion on this new Pizza Hut system uh, where you get a limited edition pizza parka made of the same materials as these pouches are available. So we tweeted at them a pizza slice and a flame emoji and we'll we'll keep you specifically, Nick, up to date as to whether or not we get that parka. Oh, it's not even a free pizza? No, it's a free parka. A parka? Yeah, look. Here's the photo of it. It's a it's a winter parka. Oh, I mean, and that'll keep us oven hot. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I missed the part though. Hot is it just one that's been given out, or like a thousand? It's. Or the, oh, I don't know. And how are you getting? I'm sure. It? Oh, you get a chance to win a. Not, not, not a thousand. I love how to one there's, there's a national there's a national marketing campaign to give out one parka. <laughs> <laughs> like that is the lamest fucking giveaway that I've ever seen. You'd be the coolest guy at the party. Oh, the hottest guy at the party. I'd be the hottest guy at the party, yeah. I like, we don't do, I mean, we did fast food in a previous episode, but I like our fast food corner on Inferior Men. We don't do a lot. We do a lot of tech stuff. We'll get back to we, yeah. we We've got. There's a lot here. There's a lot Steven, here in this Steve category. Steve and I keep our eye on things. Mm-hmm. I, I have, I'm keeping my eye on what's coming out in the fast food. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Everybody out there, don't worry. We're, we got we got our heads out. We got you our, need to uh, represent our, this We're market. looking out there for you. Yeah. yeah. Nick. You're not here just just to talk just about to pizza dick around Sadly, and no. Arby's. <laughs> yeah, you're here to talk about uh, your project you've been working on too. Yeah, sure. Let's talk through it. We are uh, our show is all about uh, like new ventures that people take on and kind of the ins and outs of that kind of uh, uh, adventure and the struggles that you know you experience throughout it. And so that's what we wanted to talk about with you uh, today. All right. Yeah, Lissardman, sure. let's talk about it. Why, why, how did you get this started? Um, this was something that was kind of an idea back in, I think after I saw the, it was like 2009, I think. It was an idea of just joking around with some friends and my brothers, the idea of a guy with a 
last name that sounded like a superhero, but it clearly wasn't. It was just a guy that the initial version was he was just an asshole that carried a shotgun and would shoot people at random that pissed him off. Mm-hmm. It changed a lot over the years, but in 2009, I didn't have any sort of the um, ability to do anything animated, and the idea of trying to do this live action would be kind of astronomical in budget. Yeah, a nightmare. Yeah. And if it's a superhero movie, it's it's got to look... It'd, right, it'd be yeah, hard yeah. to make it look good. Live yeah, action. with yeah. animation you can get away with you know playing around and making it a little bit hokier if you want. Yeah. But uh, so while just having that kick around in my head, I worked on a different live action film, and then after I finished that, I decided to go up to uh, Montreal and kind of learn this animation program by Toon Boom uh, is the name of the corporation. The product they have is Harmony, okay. and so I went to it was like a week or two week intensive course up there with them for that as well as they provided uh, me with, like, tons of tutorials, like, hours and hours of it. So just watching all that and then pretty much just autodidactic teaching myself how to do it from there. What is it called? Tune? Tune Boom is the name of the company. Sounds like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Well, they they do, like, they're, I think, if not already, they're on their way to being, like, one of the major powers of animation because it's a very intuitive program, but they also... Uh, like Bob's Burgers uses it. I think Family Guy and Simpsons have even switched over to it now. So yeah. it's a lot more. Um, you can do it with. It's like I'm shilling for them here. You can do it with uh, computer gener- uh, computer generated images, or you can do it with hand drawn stuff, or kind of a blend in between the two. So that's insane. Ext- so it went from just uh, doing a bunch of random bits mm-hmm. on a dumb superhero joke yeah. to actually being like, no, this could be a funny idea to being like, ah, I can't do it live action yeah. to being like, I should learn animation. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome. And the whole, awesome. the plot just kind of fell together over years. Cause we had, I had, that was a character from then. And then I think back in maybe 2006 or yeah, I think I was a sophomore in college. My brother and I, uh, we dropped acid one day and we went walking all around Chicago here because we both went to UIC. Uh-huh. And so we went walking all around Chicago and just, you know, in the days and the sun beating down on you for a while. And we just both happened to look up um, at a skyscraper, uh, more of like a, a high rise where people were living in about four stories above was this guy, this uh, older guy, balding. Uh, he had no shirt on and he was just kind of a flabby guy. And he was grilling something right on his balcony right there. And just as we both looked up, he looked down at us and gave us the most disdainful look ever. So he became the villain just in our life. And we called him the Grill Master, and everything was just based around evil uh, puns. That's great. Like, I didn't uh, know that. Evil puns. Yeah, so he, he, it, it was just kind of two different ideas that came together. Like, why not? Just, just figure out a way to marry these two. And when you, when you got into this then, what, what were some of the things, I guess, in terms of how hard do you think? did you think it was going to be to to create your own feature length animated film um did you really like did you have a really good idea in terms of what you were getting into at, to begin with yes and no i mm-hmm. think uh so i did that other live action one which was about a year of full work between filming and post production which kind oh, of yeah. fairly uh, what is that one called poners poners that's yeah, right yeah, and yeah. producer drew is the star of that one yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, he's also the main voice in the that's right so, that's right a um, lot of universe had uh voices actually. that's right yeah. um and when i went um oh, remind me of the question oh just <laughs> like just like just knowing like did you know like what you were getting yourself into oh yeah so that was kind of the standard i said like okay it took a year to do that Animation is going to be a lot harder because I have to create every single element that's going into this. So it was kind of 
about a year just writing the script. And then when I went to go up to that place and learn it all, the guy told me, the best thing you can do is create an incredible storyboard that's very detailed in the beginning and get all your voices, right, all the sound effects, line all this stuff up in the beginning because then animating is going to be so much easier down the road. And at the time, I was about 26. I'm like, okay, and I'm taking a look at, like, while I was doing practice drawings up there and animating small little scenes, like, okay, and trying to multiply how long of a movie I was looking at and how long the script would take. And I figured if I can get this thing done by 30, that's roughly, uh, that, that'll be a success. So I kind of planned that out and, like, this is probably when I'm going to end, and I kind of got a little closer to 30 and a half, which is all right. And I just knew that it was going to take a while, but I went into it without thinking about yeah. it at the same time. I just figured, eh, four years sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. And then, you know. And, when- and you kind of, when you do those kinds of uh, projects, uh, I've never done anything to the scale that you have done, and we'll go into that uh, a little bit more. But if you had a, a dream that you wanted to accomplish, but you knew the ins and outs of it on the upfront, you would probably, you'd probably be less likely to actually do it. You know what I mean? Like as you go, you find out all of the additional steps you have to take to get it accomplished, you oh, know, or like yeah. the additional, uh, things you have to learn yeah. or download or buy or, you know, I think that's, yeah. One of the things of, um, kind of, I think you guys are talking about it maybe last episode or something like it, where if you, you know, you say you're going to be doing something, you kind of like, uh, uh, who was it? Like, uh, Muhammad Ali he used to talk so much shit before a fight right? that he had to back that thing yeah. up. So yeah. as long as you kind of go into something like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing this movie. Yeah. I'm working on this and keep telling it to other people. So now you're going to feel like a real jerk if you don't follow through with it. Like, eh, it was kind of hard, so I couldn't do it. But there is kind of, it's a catch 22 there. It'd be nice to know, like, these are all the things I'm going to have to go through in order to do that. Cause now I can start checking these off mm-hmm. versus, once you're starting to go through with it, you feel like I've invested so much time. I don't care what's going to happen. I need to keep going through this. I'll destroy relationships if I have to, but I need to finish this thing off. And, and creatively, who who are you looking at when you're like jumping into something like this? Because you're you're going from a you know you're a, a, a improviser. Mm. You, you had a live action film, and now you're going into animation. So who are you looking at as like your influences? Um. So. For the animation itself or like kind of the storyline? I guess both. Yeah. Okay. Love to hear both. I think uh animation, uh it moves similar to Archer does in terms of that's how things are rigged up. The animation level is close so like the graphic and the illustration is closer to something like South Park because mm-hmm. it's very simple and it's not very detailed. You look at Archer, there's a lot of textures and all that stuff. Uh but there's also parts that are a little bit um more focused that are just kind of uh real intense, almost gross parts that I love that when Ren and Stimpy used to do that as mm. a kid, like they'd really focus in on something. And it would just be a little bit jarring to you. Yeah. As far as the kind of storyline influence goes, I think uh, anyone of our age group has to say they're influenced by the Simpsons. I, almost I was comedically say. and mm-hmm. yeah. South Park as well. Like it's just, yep. it has to be there. And then it was also just taking a bunch of, uh, uh, I enjoy a lot of the Marvel movies as well. And uh, some of the comic books and I kind of, take those ideas and either twist them a little bit or just use that as kind of an archetype to help slam home an easy point before moving on to something else. Uh, the description on IMDb mm-hmm. is a man becomes an unwitting superhero after a drunken night leads him on a quest to save his love, his life and his species from a murderous barbecue enthusiast. Yeah. So like you were saying before, the acid trip dude, barbecue dude yep. was the central point of this whole plot. Yeah. Yeah, he came. He came before anything else. That's amazing. So, yeah. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, yeah, it's just his 
love of grilling, and he wants to make sure everybody loves it as well. Okay, so uh, talk me through really fast that whole creative process of building that world. So you started with the dude grilling, but you also had this bit that you guys, that kind of sparked the whole project mm. of the, what is it? The last name sounds too much. Like, if, L- if it was, it, yeah. yeah. So like, it was like, whatever, you know, like, because uh, this was, this is 2008, 2009. So I think, like, in terms of Marvel just getting out of the ground, Iron Man had just hit. Right. And before that, it was all the Spider-Mans. And it just used to be jokes with my brothers, like, eh, I'm John Q, Spitterman, Tony <laughs> at Law, that type of thing. Like, was the guy with the last name, but he just was clearly yeah. not that type of thing. So it was taking that. I'm Tony Ironman. Right. I'm Tony Iron, or like Ogreman. Like, oh, like I'm an Ogreman. So, um, uh, taking that idea and jot me again on the que- in the question one more time here i'm losing my so mind. so it started with grill master dude yeah but it also was uh initially sparked by this bit how do you form that whole story with like you know um, ending with the description as it is on imdb or yeah the whole so story? i think yeah, that grill master was just a great starting point but the thing wouldn't have happened without lacerman as the character so yeah. it became like He's this kind of character that is loosely based on myself slash exaggerated to a 20th degree. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, these are the things that he's going through in his life and what he's trying to achieve. And so what is the kind of cross-section of why he gets um, butts heads with this grill master character? And it's kind of hard to talk about that without revealing a big chunk of the plot yeah. there Don't as do well. It. So. Don't do it. But I love that idea of, yeah, it is a, it's a superhero formula. Like, it's a superhero parody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is super funny, but it's a great formula of you have your villain, you have your hero. How do these two meet? Yeah. You know, and, and there's like different origins that you could go down. There's like uh, they could be brothers. They could be don't even know each other. Right. But it's great that you. Yeah. You you start with that movie trope, but you make it you spin it into your own original kind of take on the whole thing. And I think as far as the superhero thing goes, that was actually the kind of second lay on that there was. The first lay in was I don't know if you ever saw that old movie. Falling or falling down with Michael Douglas. Falling down, yeah. Falling down, yeah. yeah we just yeah. it's kind of this guy is overstressed and just goes nuts. So it's the same idea with this character there, and then just layering in the superhero aspect of it. Oh, I love well. that. I love so. it. And starting with that kind of like pathetic character, kind of on both sides, right? Oh yeah, I mean yeah, I think the only like there's only a few redeeming characters yeah. in the entire thing, and those are the people that kind of get you know they get the worst end of the stick there. Nice, cool. We are going to talk about more, including kind of the struggles on what it's like to try and run your own project. Um, yeah, but I know, I know I have a lot more questions for Nick. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so we are going to revisit that in just a bit. We do. It is our public service mm-hmm. to you as the listener to make sure that you know everything that's happening with Venmo. <laughs> we talked a little bit about this. I didn't this. know where you were going, but I'm glad you landed on. Um, if if you guys haven't heard, um, until now, Venmo, uh, you've, you've only been able to use the app to pay people that you know. But according to BuzzFeed and Venmo itself, that's going to dramatically change on Tuesday when Pen, uh, PayPal, the company that owns Venmo, will begin opening up the app to more than 2 million U.S. retailers that already accept PayPal for online payments. This means that Venmo can Venmo uh, devotees can use the app to shop at a wide variety of online stores like Foot Locker and Forever 21. And we talked a little bit about this 
uh, on a previous episode, Steve, in terms of what's the long play for Venmo. Yeah. And I still um, don't fully... I still fully can't wrap my head around I this. I think we're getting closer and close, closer to what it's going to be. Um, so first off, uh, some of that is going to be the fact that it's a social media network first. So the fact that you're able to go onto Venmo, you can log into your app, you can see now where your friends are buying things. So, you know, Foot Locker is a bad example, but if I were to buy something at Foot Locker and Steve says, hey, I've never heard of Foot Locker, but I just saw that Chris made a payment to Foot Locker and it's showing up on his feed. Now Foot Locker is getting that kickback marketing from Venmo. And so they're not, they're, they'll gladly pay that, that processing fee. Yeah for that transaction because they're also getting marketing with it. So before, like a company like Foot Locker, if somebody's paying with a credit card, they're paying 5% processing fee. They're not getting anything out of it except to kick back to the processing company. Now Venmo's coming in and saying, you're still going to pay that same fee, but now you get that transaction placed on a social media network. It, it's so weird to me, and I, I still you're gonna hate me for this, and you're gonna yell at me because that's, okay. that's usually that's, that's our that's relationship. What I do. I but about you. look, I'm I'm on my Venmo right now, and mm-hmm. I'm on the public, you know, like newsfeed, if you will, and it's like an emoji of a car, and it's then changing though, dude. It's not gonna look like that anymore. So you'll have to say where you bought this stuff. It's going there. That's gonna be terms of service. Ugh. I'm I just telling you. No, I, no, and I believe you. I'm, I'm saying maybe ugh. you can turn it off, but I'm just saying yeah. that's going to be the default, right? I don't know. Like I don't like I and we've mentioned I don't use Venmo, but in terms of what they're saying is going yeah. to happen here, you're going to be able to share that information with people, and that's a value to those. And to what those I'm saying retailers. is that that's a risky move because if your default is to like the appeal of Venmo and getting to send your friends money with kooky little messages, was that there's still some privacy involved. And so now making that the default of like, no, Steve is Steve is going to show you world where he bought the money or where he's like pass- distributing the money or whatever is is like on Spotify where you have to like hide your playlist because you don't want people to like see what you're listening to. Mm-hmm. It's like that whole idea. Like that's the territory that they're entering, which you, to me is risky. Do you know why um, PayPal did? PayPal create Venmo or do they just consume them? Yes, this this I believe this was just a straight creation from PayPal. This wasn't anything that was no. I didn't know that. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's weird then because I mean they, PayPal they, PayPal owns Venmo. I'm pretty sure they just started it. They, they this was always a way to. So what happened with PayPal created Venmo as a way to create a social media network around transactions and so they've built up this usership by saying hey you can send 10 or 15 bucks to your friends for free Mm -hmm. and now that they've built a loyal following now they can convert that into marketing opportunities for retailers when they start now there's gonna be why wouldn't the uh paypal just do that themselves like why why create a separate program then i don't know if that makes I think it's just like from a mental aspect, there's like a mental hurdle in trying to like overcome like what PayPal is. And there's a certain brand around what PayPal is and what it does. And so when you create Venmo as a separate app, then you don't have to like overcome the, you know, the history of PayPal and what PayPal is. You can start fresh. Okay. But you could, Mm -hmm. like, I guess it's just the social media aspect because you could pay your friends without any 
just straight money. I could give you twenty dollars, and there wouldn't be any tax or anything like that. I yeah, it's just right. that everybody you can do it on your phone, and since it was free, it was something that was easy. Yeah, and then okay. they got then they once they get up to like you know ten million users, they're yeah. like, okay, I've got something that we can tap gotcha. into. And the thing is, there will be practical applications to this that could work really well. Like for instance, if we go into It'll probably be like TGI Fridays to start, mm-hmm. but you go into a restaurant. I'm serious, just because like a national chain, right? Sure. But because like people who are going to be using this. Oh, but, I thought they uh, closed down. <laughs> <laughs> but what you could do is say everybody, like all, like you could have go there with five friends, and the bill could come, and you could say we're going to Venmo pay everybody. We can just split the bill on Venmo. Everybody pulls up their phone. Everybody tosses in what they owe. We can split That's it great. five ways yeah. really easy. That stuff, you know, is func- like functionally. From a user standpoint, is great, and then that information is shared on the social media networks. So then, oh, TGI yeah. Fridays, while they pay the transaction fee on that transaction, they yeah. get that marketing kickback. See, so that starts to hammer the credit card companies then too, uh-huh. right? Well, it's PayPal. PayPal. PayPal is the payment processor there. Yeah. So they're but they're pushing they're pushing the fee onto the retailers where before PayPal operated Venmo at a loss. There was zero payment processing fees on it, so they were allowing transactions to happen without taking a hit so i could send steve 10 bucks on venmo and i wouldn't get charged three percent where now tgi fridays is going to pay that three percent for you to pay them with venmo so now venmo and even their chief financial officer has said that venmo is the crown jewel of paypal yeah I believe it. It's the this is this is the future right here. Uh, could you imagine being that one asshole uh, <laughs> when you're splitting the bill who doesn't have Venmo? That would be me. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I recently just got a smartphone, so that would be me. Do you but that, see? But that, but that again, that pushes that that is what makes Venmo valuable too. It puts the pressure on because people always be like, "Can I Venmo you mm-hmm. money?" And I'll be like, "I don't use Venmo." Yeah. And what's like, wrong well, with Chase? I only use yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like, what's wrong with cash? What about yeah. my debit card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, do you see why I'm getting so hung up on though on the social aspect? Like I get the process, I get all of that, but that shit's gonna get tricky. How so? I I just think the whole the whole privacy thing, and I I, I think like you'll still I'll still want it to be private on what I'm spending my money on, especially if it's like a social news feed. So I think it's just going to be a little some hiccups that they're going to have to face. That it's just like heads up. Well, can't you do? It's the same thing with like Facebook. You can privatize it. Who sees your stuff? Yeah, right? but then what Chris just outlined of that whole formula is is not going to do a good service to TGIF. You know, like TGIF won't get that publicity or that. I like how you call it TGIF. Too. <laughs> well, then they need to start serving venison burgers and get ahead of the goddamn <laughs> curve or something. Harvey's has the meat. Well, well, I have to ask you something, Chris, or I have one request. If you're going to keep, I think these Venmo updates are great. Yeah. Um, but you need to get Venmo. Why? Because if you're going to be the Venmo expert, you need to have it on your phone. But I can just read about it. I don't have to participate i don't agree if you if you are going to be the subject matter expert you need to dive deep into that venmo juice how does that make any sense there's a million there's a million things out there that you can be an expert in without having to partake in it i just got a notification on venmo that said need a quicker way to get your venmo money to your bank we are working on it let us know if you're interested to try it out first and we'll let you know when it's ready and then it gives you two options interested or no thanks well you got to make a choice. I know. It's like a choose your own adventure. Hey, Steve, get used to it. <laughs> get used to those messages. So you're not going to download Venmo. Why? You'll get lost in the shuffle, man. 
Because you, you're going to be that asshole at TGIF who's not going to have Venmo, and we're all trying to split for this onion popper. And I, 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 gave, I gave Brad some money. And you had three to, bites. And you we, had three, three bites. Three confirmed bites. Three confirmed bites. Are we going to track that, too, on the Venmo feed? Mm-hmm. Chris had three bites. Right. Here's emoji owl. Yeah. <laughs> that means three bites. Exactly. Yeah. Steve's still not. He still doesn't understand that they're just mining his data right now. Well, while Inferior Man also does the service of updating you on Venmo, we also do the service of answering people's questions. Isn't that right, Chris? That's right. We have a question, and Nick, we're hoping that you can help us answer this. Yeah, business is my specialty. Greg Harmon from Austin, Texas writes, Hi guys, big fan. Really. I know that several episodes ago you mentioned that you save money by making your own coffee in the morning or drinking work coffee. Are there any other small adjustments you've made or suggest making to save a few bucks here and there? Thanks. I like when Chris yells. <laughs> he is a listener. <laughs> he is a listener. <laughs> I don't like when Chris yells. Um, yeah, the coffee thing uh, was a major improvement with my budget, and it was so simple. Uh, you know, like uh, what we talked about a few episodes ago, I was buying a coffee in the morning at Starbucks and a coffee in the afternoon, and it's like that's six bucks a day, mm-hmm. six times five, five times four, four times Fifty two. Sure. Fifty. Yep. I sent Steve a a little statement from my like when I logged into my four oh one K fund and they had a little statement on there about cup of coffee and it said if you pay three dollars and fifty cents for a cup of coffee, if you took that amount of money and put it into, you know, a retirement fund after thirty years, you would have a hundred and eight thousand dollars. Damn. Yeah. Just from buying like Starbucks every single day. Uh, I stopped smoking cigarettes recently and have this little app that tells me how much I've saved. And so far, I've saved $800 in four months. That's not bad. So, and I, I think. And probably like two to three hundred thousand dollars worth of like medical bills, yeah, right. like not getting like a lung removed <laughs> or like major, you know, heart failure. Yeah. So that helps too. I, I think I've I've tried to stop buying lunch. Yeah. I mean, that was huge, you know, like as I get older and as I'm trying to like adjust the priorities in my life, like eating out for just lunch every day. I used to do that, you know, such a waste, so much money. You're spending at the your your basement's like ten dollars a day for that. Mm -hmm. Your basement, like the your your floor. Oh, I thought you meant like your personal basement. No, no, I just mean monetarily, <laughs> the lowest you will pay, does that make sense, yeah. will be $10. <laughs> Honest to God, I mean, and, and you don't even, especially with debit cards, and you're just swiping or mm-hmm. inserting the chip, you don't, you don't y- see the money you go. You don't see the money go. And so you're just like, bleep, blorp, yep. here's my Chipotle burrito right. with a side of queso oh, yeah, and a guac. side of guac. Yeah, throw that on there. Yeah. Oh, did I say medium Coke? I meant large. Mm-hmm. There's our ton of somebody put it good i can't remember who was talking to me but a bunch of uh financial termites is what a lot of people have in their life like uh like literally or yeah exactly they eat your money and you just it's gone it's in your bank stop investing in termites (laughs) but like uh netflix or hbo hulu things like that you probably don't need all three but and those are like i don't know between seven to fifteen dollars a month and then you don't realize after a full year you know that's what i don't know close to three hundred dollars depending on how it rounds out there or the simplest thing, but probably the two things, if he can do this, are 
make your own lunch every day. Yep. You buy from the grocery store. And two, if you're close enough, get a bike and ride to work. Yeah. Because if you're, in the, if you're in the city, I don't know what city he said he was from. Was it Austin, uh, Texas? Austin, Texas. Yeah. So they probably have a mass transit system mm-hmm. there that you start, they drop two, four, yeah. five, six bucks every day on. Ride your bike to work if you can. Save yourself some money. It's an easy $1,000 a year. I agree with that one because, uh, like Chris said earlier, parking in Lakeview is a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. And so I I bought a bike. I invested in a bike. And just riding that Chicago Lake path saved me so much money over the summer. And it gave me exercise, yeah. you know? And you don't even need to kill it like you're trying to win a race. You just yeah. go slow at your own pace, and you're going to get there. Stop. Take photos. Right. Exactly. Breathe in the air. Stop at TGI Friday. Stop at TGIF. <laughs> yeah. Split an onion popper with your friends. Make sure you have Venmo. Exactly. Um, also, um, buying things in bulk you know, even when it comes down to little stuff like a pack of gum, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll have offers like buy five packs of spearmint, you know, orbit gum versus one. It, it's like it, it can get you can get that savvy and that resourceful, quote unquote, with that purchase. My buddy actually uh, has a tip when it comes to alcohol, yeah, uh, which is, you know, semi shady is like he he just he buys a flask and he fills it up with like tequila or vodka or whatever and then goes to a bar and orders a uh, soda and lime <laughs> and then i've, I've been at a bar and where I've, that's happened it's great i've actually it's tried great it. until it, you get kicked out sure yeah just don't get caught right i i guess you can I'm always save how they money can that you way on that. How they can what? What's the precedent? They just don't want you in. Is that just like a, we reserve the right to kick anybody out we don't want? Or I mean, is there if something? If you're going into a bar and like bringing in your own alcohol and drinking it, yeah, it's, gonna, it's it's like a, that's it's a no dick good move. for their business. <laughs> <laughs> it's genius though. It's yeah. mad genius. I can't tell you how much money I've saved in my life not going to bars and not going out and drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah, or just buying. I need to work on that. A Honestly, couple forties of Mickey's and I'm yeah, good to go. If if you can, <laughs> King Cobra. Oh God, I think that's so good. <laughs> And I and Steel I lo- I, lo- oh, I love like you know drinking alcohol, but that is seriously like the major yeah. money suck. If yeah. you can just not there, there's a place that I go for lunch most Fridays. It's a six TGIF it's right. a six dollar lunch. It's called TGIFF, <laughs> and it's fucking they have <laughs> they have uh, a soup and a sandwich. It's six dollars. Uh-huh. If you get a beer, it's seven dollars. Okay, oh. so. That alone. Just like, a dollar. If I just had a glass of water, do I really need that one beer? Yeah. yeah. Do you really have to have that, that beer, that glass of wine with dinner? Now, uh, I'll ask this before we move on. Now that your baby's coming, yeah. have you had to even more so change how you spend money? Well, I mean, we already have a lot of money tied up in other things. One, just buy- Horse racing. Horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> But that pays that pays itself back. You <laughs> yeah, know? right. Um, it balances out. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It, because the thing is, I'm not a sucker. I fucking read the papers. I know it. I know <laughs> the wood's to pick, so we're good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, we got a car, so now we have car payments. Uh, I got life insurance right recently, which mm. we'll talk about at a, a n- another episode. Okay, um, we'll save that. For so later. that's gonna add a whole another. Like, so now there's all these new expenses because not only am I like trying to buy things that I need for her. But then I got to buy things in case I'm like, in case I die or so that she's fine. If things yeah. aren't working, that sweet sugary grip of suicide will take That's care of it. it. <laughs> well, it was funny. Sugary. 
So just real quick about life insurance. Someone I worked with the other day said, so how much are you worth? Like when I was talking about life insurance, I'm like, well, the policy says yeah. I'm worth $1.2 million, All right. but that's how much I'm worth dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worth it. I, I'm not even close to worth that much. You're like now. $25 I'm wor- I'm, I don't even know if I'm breaking above the zero right now. I mean, I've got a house. I'm paying a mortgage on. Uh-huh. I have student debts. Yeah. So if you look at the balance sheet, I'm worth like negative lots. You got to pay off your bookie. Well, for the horse racing. Yeah. I don't lose. I don't lose. <laughs> he has on to that. pay me. All right, guys. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with Nick DeFina. So we will be right back. Ack, 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 ack. The world filled with scum, dirtbags, and assholes. Well, Mickey, here we go again. Gene Dog, 25 years old. I know this because I'm one of them. Where were you last night? Last night? What? Can't think of a good lie, you hot bag of McDonald's diarrhea? But if I can't add any beauty to this world, you can be damn sure I'll eliminate some of the ugliness. Peter Lacerdman is dead. Call me... Lizard Man. Lizardman, L-E-S-E-U-R-D-M-I-N, on Amazon. Welcome back to Inferior Men, the podcast that brings you all things business from two complete failures. We are back with our guest, Nick Defina, director oy, oy. and creator of Lacerdman, the animated video or video movie uh, that's on Amazon.com right now, right? Correct. Nick? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And you can rent and buy that's the right. movie on rent. Lacerdman. So the first half, uh, we were talking about just how it kind of came to be. Um, and what I want to explore uh, are the struggles that you're going through. Um, or went through and mm-hmm. overcome uh, with this whole project that you thought of, you had to figure out from day one how to make your dream kind of come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think um, all of the work that was put in towards it was something that I anticipated or was ready for. I going into this, I have no, had no idea and still have no idea of the marketing game and how to put it out there because it is a yeah. matter of getting um, <clears throat> something noticed in a sea that's extremely saturated right now and seemingly rising every year. Right. Uh, and so there's not only quality things that are out there, but also a bunch of things that are terrible that are getting plenty of marketing on a national scale right. or just as a smaller indie scale as well. Um, and it's hard to kind of claw above that because you just get drowned out in the white noise of everything so so yeah self-promotion and self-marketing is a goddamn nightmare and as someone uh, like who works and has worked in the advertising and marketing field Mm. like even professionals are still trying to figure out how to make things work you know like it's still sometimes trial by error you know it's still like constantly uh, having to turn on a dime to uh, adapt to the changes and trends that are just like coming up every yeah. goddamn day. And the only common theme in all that seems to be uh, 
with the trial and error is if you have the money, you'll eventually get something that's mm-hmm. right-ish, right? But yeah, it, it seems like it's a matter of timing. Yep. Uh, luck. There is a lot a, of luck. A lot of luck. And um, uh, it's it's the kind of the sad thing. It's not always di- dictated by a quality product as if you can't like, um, what was it? Again, this is another thing I didn't verify, but I just assumed it was true. Uh, with IBM and um, Apple back in the day, Apple had the better product, but IBM had more money behind it, so they just threw a bunch more marketing and kind of drowned Apple to begin with. This is back in like the eighties, yeah, way back like then. Yeah, and then Apple finally caught yep. up right now. So it's just that matter of uh, you're kind of unfortunately at a much greater disability as a smaller uh, entity. Well, and there's people who say out there that Apple won won out in the game overall because they they then started to focus on design. Mm-hmm. They focus less on software, back-end software, and they focus more on design and, and pushing, you know, all of that advertising. You know, with remember the dancing silhouettes? Oh, yeah. When, you know, just pushing all of that. Well, now, it's hard. Now, now it's come full circle because now they're just bullshitting their assholes. Now they're just... <laughs> bullshitting you know, their Well, assholes. to try to sell a phone for $1,000 oh, and, like, all, like, they've, they've, like, the, they were the underdog. Now they're the, at the top and the thing that... I don't know, people like myself, maybe right. just myself, despise that type of thing. So what a great t shirt phrase. And in terms You're just of bullshit in your asshole. <laughs> in terms of struggle too, Nick, what what do you think like the general public would be the most surprised with in terms of something that's like so difficult from an animation standpoint? What are those like what's that biscuit for you? What's what burns your what biscuit? Burns your biscuit. When you when you're when you're doing animation like what was like the most tedious, monotonous, like horrible thing? Uh, that would probably be the well, the good and the bad thing is this: like, mm-hmm. if you're doing something live action, and let's say it's a period piece and it's Victorian age, something like that, and then just you shoot a whole thing, and somewhere the line producer, the director, nobody notices that one of the actors had a watch on. Ah, oh, we got to redo all that right there. So the animation, everything that's there is something you you put in there intentionally. So it's that painstaking element of, hey, the background, I have to create everything in there. It's, nothing's going to appear. There won't be a plane that flies in the background and that ruins the take or anything like that and that you miss. But there can be small little things um, like this. A lot of the stuff and with uh, animation in general, just working on a Z-axis of keeping things layered. So something in the foreground, you can bump something behind it so they pass. The thing that's in the front of the Z-axis will obviously pass in front of it. If you kind of make a mistake and you have like an arm that's half in the background and then you just don't pay attention to that. And this happened to me so many times of rendering out a full scene. And then I think, okay, I have a kind of a working copy of the movie. Then, oh God, I noticed like it, this, the color dropped out of this, oh, this Jesus. pizza box, the color is gone. So now yeah. like, just for a flicker and like having basically terrible OCD with certain things like that's mm-hmm. like, I got to go back and I, I got to fix that. So yeah, uh, that happened to me so many times while watching. It was just watching, looking for errors, which it's a whole new continuity game. Yeah. You know, it's like the devil's in the details and you that's even worse when it comes to an animation standpoint, especially when you're the only animator. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, re- I remember uh, Jess, your wife, mm-hmm. who was our last last episode, yeah. actually. She, um, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I remember her telling me actually this may be like a year or two ago uh, how you you know, you were so far into the movie, but then you had to go back and like redo stuff because your your drawing skills 
had improved <laughs> and that you know over the course of yeah, over the course of just years. yeah working on it for years and so there was old scenes where like the rendering wasn't as sharp and then you mm-hmm. had to go back and redo it is that true too. yeah oh yeah oh, that, so shit. it was a lot of, so uh there was probably um i think 15 minutes that were cut off total of it all maybe yeah. maybe up to 20 uh just including like full scenes that were just like uh this is this is real bad and uh my back like uh there's a whole like, kind of opening uh, kind of gambit uh, that is in the thing, um, and the background is just really, really terrible compared to everything else. So it was way too. It just seemed to be too, uh, too much of a harsh juxtaposition, jumping from that to much cleaner things. And it was little less of the actual animation of everything because I did all the backgrounds uh, before I started animating anything. So that they got a little bit better, but not noticeably. Like some are just more detailed because they have to be in some not. It was the actual animation of things. So sometimes it was a little bit more robotic and like, oh, that that is clearly not the same level that I'm on towards the end here. So I got to go back and tweak things. Uh, so yeah, it was just a constant um, battle there, trying to get everything back up to equal. That's amazing, and and it made me even think like, regardless of like watching your development, but thinking about how you have an entire animation studio, if you had you know, 50 people yeah. for doing that at once. Like, how are you going to, how do you coordinate that to make it? It's like, yeah, seamless. wrangling cats. It, it would just be, yeah. it's amazing. And I mean, even like doing it as, as an individual like yourself is insane in terms of like the amount of workload and doing that. But it's so cool to be able to see that progression too and see. Yeah. So that's, like, that's nice. And like when I can work on different like shorts now, that if I do them, like yeah. it just, it goes so much faster than how the process worked for me the first time around. Uh, and I think going back to what you were saying about kind of self-promoting and marketing, the hard part is when you put so much energy and and sweat into a personal project of yours and then you finish it and you're, you kind of dust off your hands and you're like, all right, done. The reality is you're not done. No, no. Because now you got to do a whole nother ball game of yeah. fucking air, uh, like marketing yourself and your yeah. product. And, you know, Chris, uh, when, when he was – running the brewery mm-hmm. had to market himself within like he had a good marketing strategy and you but your focus was kind of like chicago right yeah midwest yeah yeah well i mean we're only like technically marketing like we would get attention throughout the united states but that was also irrelevant because it's right. like unless you're buying the beer i really don't care sure. if yeah. you know about me and like me in san diego <laughs> and then for the theater it was mainly chicago of mm. just and that was hard enough advertising yeah. you know six plus shows amongst a hundred other theaters exactly yeah. right you have the challenge of you know it's a movie like it could go it could go nationwide it could yeah. go international like I, I totally empathize with the idea of how much of a struggle that is and, and how much of a deep ocean that you're diving into. Yeah, it's um, uh, for some people, like I feel in seeing you doing that because we've known each other while, Chris, like seeing you market your own business and seeing that you work in marketing. Some people are much better at that. I can sit down and bang out all this work for hours at a time. I don't care. The yeah. Work is never a problem. I hate self-promotion right. to the thousandth degree. Right. So it's a matter of like, hey, here's a movie. It, I just want to send you know to some people like this movie is good. Watch it, you dumbass. And <laughs> right. let me, like it's it, 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 like I I don't I don't uh, obviously everybody could say that and you'd have the same problem with there's thousands of movies uh-huh. right. But I just don't. Uh, it feels so 
uh, fake to me. Yeah. All that like, hey, uh, schmoozing with anybody. I can't do that. All that just, PR. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that stuff is very, very difficult. Yeah, well, kinda... we know we know you have a problem with it, but Indie Red says, memories of laughing this much for an 80-minute stretch are quite limited. UK, UK Film Review says, relentlessly funny with a no-holds-barred approach to all topics. Real Romp says, ridiculously funny. That's the truth. DITR Film says, a hysterical, appallingly laugh-out-loud jaw-dropper. So... You've you may good reviews. You may not think, yeah. You know, you may not want to say that about yourself. But there's a lot of people, and I personally have seen the movie. I, I think it's amazing. It's it's refreshing oh, to see you. somebody, um, and from my own like own sadistic, <laughs> comedic sense to really <laughs> appreciate the stuff that you're doing in the movie. Uh, I I highly recommend that everybody Amen. go out and and, and check it out because it's it's something that. Um, I don't. I think you sell yourself short on what you did in terms of uh, what else, what the other things that are out there in terms of feature length. Yeah. There is nothing that is this. Uh, I would almost say like controversial too, in a way. I yeah. think it's just really, uh, but in the in the in the best of ways. Yeah, oh, thank too, you. Yeah. In the best of ways. Here, here. Um, while we have you here, I, I think we we do want to have get your opinion for some of our listeners. Uh, Anthony Morello from Newberry, Massachusetts says, mm. hello, I was just watching Jurassic Park and there's a part early on before he gets eaten on the toilet where uh, Gennaro, the sleazy lawyer, is saying that they could charge thousands of dollars a day to go to the park and Hammond says it should should be accessible to everyone. What do you think? If you own Jurassic Park, Nick DeFina, and Newman didn't screw everything up, what would you change? Or what would you charge? I'm sorry. Obviously, the operating cost would be very high. So just assuming that's X, admission would be X plus what? Like algebra. Jesus. You could charge obscene <laughs> amounts of money. What Would you do it? Okay, so basically, what would yeah. you charge to get into Jurassic Park? Also, before you, before you say that, mm -hmm. the... What he says of obviously the operating cost would be very high. No, it would be goddamn fucking <laughs> batshit crazy insane. Like you just brought back dinosaurs, yeah. and Do it's you know like a how zoo. many venison burgers a dinosaur can eat. <laughs> what What's the insurance policy? Like, yeah. what are the premiums on that insurance policy? Arby's has the dinosaur mate. I think. Uh, are we talking? Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> are we talking? Right now, or back in 1990 when it was? Ooh, I'm, adju I'm adjusting for inflation here. Let's do now, because Jurassic World. Let's do. Okay. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. do it. Let's in just the new let's Jurassic just put it World. right now. What would you? What would? Yeah. What do you think is a fair price to fly someone via private helicopter to an island? Which is also, I think, is funny how he's like, it's accessible to everybody. Yeah, they didn't what have a, like. Yeah. There wasn't like a, a bus that was going there. <laughs> it wasn't like a bunch of people busting from Milwaukee uh, going to Jurassic Park. Yeah. See, I think I would have to go with the um, if it wasn't an island, and you're so you, with, you own it, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what do you want? What do you want to charge? No, so I'm, I'm only hiring ten employees to be <laughs> with. I'm going bare bones on this. Just one groundskeeper. No, guys would be the it's animal. an island. You have to keep yeah, it. Yeah, so it is. Okay, okay yeah. So yeah. It is, as an island, I think I would treat it much more like a mega safari type thing where yeah. if you go to South Africa, you have to pay a lot yeah. of money to go do that. Hell so, yeah. but I would do that so that only the richest type of like. I have to have this experienced person would do it. So almost like, yeah, you want to see dinosaurs, huh? Mm -hmm. Fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars to come here. Like probably I would do, uh, hundred thousand easy. Would be like that's yeah, that's your all inclusive right there. You get to see them for five days, 
You stay in your hotel, which is not going to be anything fancy, by the way. This is the best Western we have down here, and that's what you're staying at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I would go for more of the high rollers that would come to do it versus, like, I'm not going to charge $1,000 for some family of four. It's like the the billionaires who, who pay a bunch of money to be the first ones to travel to Mars. You know, like, right. they have all those goddamn Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, this is like space travel. Yeah. This is like, One do you want, sale, do you want to be a pioneer? Do right. You, you know, that's what that's what you are here. We We've developed... An island for you to pioneer. Yeah. Um, I oh, do. Yeah, hell, I would go higher than a hundred thousand. Then I would say, yeah, a million or something like that. Once you're up at that level, you can charge. Well, and yeah. it's anything all it's all point. inclusive, you know. Because I back in the day, I played Roller Coaster Tycoon. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. it's not just the goddamn dinosaurs that you have to. All the green jello you can. All eat. the green jello. There's restaurants. <laughs> there's chefs. There's janitors. There's tour guides. You know, like you gotta pay a lot, yep. and people should understand There's that. There's that crazy son of a bitch with with knee high wool socks that hunts velociraptors yeah. with a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> but I like Nick I th- reminded me of the idea of like there could be tears. Yeah. You know, you could have like gold, platinum, bronze kind oh, yeah. of tears for Jurassic World. Like you, you get have to like feed like, him at silver or something like that. Like, you get to throw the like lamb the down fast or whatever. Pass. Yeah. yeah, Great America. Exactly. Even though there'd only be probably about. 10 people on the island that type of money if i if i had the truth is if i had jurassic park all that i would just sell it for five million and just get the hell out of there like five, five million, million cash see yeah because it would cost that so much more to you make spend, it right well yeah. i'm saying like if i had it and i was that even like oh you're oh, breaking it you're like i'll take five million and get the hell out of yeah there. like before that's, any because you know there's gonna be issues oh, yeah, yeah. god damn like, i know what i want this give me five yeah. million i'll go and uh Hire my personal. You'll go buy a bowling alley. <laughs> exactly. Put a bowling alley in your house and call exactly. it a day. Yep. And hidden walls. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, obviously Hammond in the movie wanted it accessible to everyone because he was just focused on the dinosaurs. But there are more things to consider than just the dinosaurs. Well, that's another thing. As a kid, I feel like I'm not a boy at all. That I didn't give a shit about dinosaurs. I thought they were the dumbest. Oh, thing I in the love world. that. I, I really, just could not interest me. Interesting. Any less? It was just I don't care about that. So well, you I didn't mean, like Jurassic Park? I think I, I think I may have seen. I don't know if I've ever actually seen the first one in its totality. I've probably seen parts of it and like wow. all the, you know, the ah 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 like all like the major parts of it, right? And I saw yeah. Jurassic World, but, um, and I know I did see Jurassic park there was at one point the guy had a dream sequence where a dinosaur says hello ellen to him and that was maybe the third one i saw that in theaters. that definitely wasn't two lost yeah. world did not have yeah one of that in three either maybe it was four i don't know is huh. it up to four i don't know yeah anyway. well uh the new one would be four that would be the fourth one yeah. with uh what's his face so it was it wasn't three then because it was that original yeah, uh, the original kind of like blonde sandy blonde haired guy that he was like the doctor, the paleontologist, yeah, uh, archaeologist. Yeah, Neil, uh, not his Armstrong last name's or... Neil. It's Sam Neil. Okay. Sam yeah, Neil, yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Come on. Yeah. And watched it recently. Jeff Goldblum also shirtless in a lot of that movie. And Jurassic Park is what made Jeff Goldblum Jeff Goldblum now. Like that quirky Jeff mm-hmm. Goldblum. Sure. It started in Jurassic yeah, Park. That was it's certainly. And he State, has right? he has just been like, I am this character for the rest of my life. Because before that, he was like doing the, the fly, fly and all yeah. that. He was like, he had other roles. And he was always a weird guy, but he finally embraced who he was in Jurassic Park and has just run with it. All right. Steve, uh, we have a new segment on the show today that we're going to test out. It's called All the Buzz. All the Buzz. So we, we, we've we done like business reviews before, but sometimes we talk about stuff that isn't a specific business, but it's more of like an industry. Yeah. And Category fittingly, 
Yeah. Our first All the Buzz is about honey. Now, remember when I was so obsessed with investing in wheat? (laughs) I I recall. I think I'm going to change it to honey. Honey, huh? Uh, This isn't like the newest of news, but it's been trending within the past like couple of months of the idea that hotels and restaurants are like hot spots now on getting beehives and uh, maintaining and controlling beehives to make their own honey. So, like, hotels will will uh, have this, like, seasonal cu- cuisine where they have, like, honey fried, dipped fried chicken. Right. Or, like, whipped ricotta cheese with, like, a honeycomb. Do people really like honey that much, though? I love honey. It's fine. Who here in this room does not like honey? I mean, I don't, I'm not going to actively say I dislike it. I don't use it in anything, though. You don't use honey in anything? Tea? Rarely. It's good for tea. That's it's, good. It. it's pretty good for tea. I'll put it in, good. I'll put it. In my pizza dough, like when I'm Same. when I'm rising dough for bread, sure, I'll really. use honey. Sure, me, that's it. Me too. I could see maybe a little bit on toast in some way. Outside, yeah. that really doesn't have any applications. The thing <laughs> is with honey, it's it's this it's this standpoint where they're saying we're like we're doing something to save colony collapse syndrome. Like there is a major problem out there, and all of these bee colonies are dying. So instead of figuring out what that is, we'll just have more bee colonies. They're still going to keep collapsing on top of these restaurant roofs because it has to do with like the pesticides that we're spreading or the cell phone uh, radio waves or whatever it is. It's not curing the problem. I think it's a very superficial way to go about things. It's kind of like how every restaurant has like their own microbrewery inside of it now, too. I think it is a superficial solution for the problem, but like the Hilton, I was reading an article in Midtown Manhattan, debuted six beehives housing 450,000 bees on its fifth floor rooftop recently, which one begs the question of like, should that be on the fifth floor of a hotel where there's like a lot of- Can they get down? Like if you put, like how high up can you put a beehive before they're like, hey, we can't get down to the pollen. Like we can't. We can't like do it. We, get down to fl- yeah the you flowers. You want us to go then... down twenty floor like flights to yeah, wait, get to wait, a, wait, a flower? I like the yeah. idea of an elevator elevator full of bees. <laughs> 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 they take the lobby, they come back, take the elevator back up. That's definitely a freight elevator ride right there. You know, yeah, bees go with they the don't freight give elevator. The, yeah, exactly. no, they don't yeah. give them the customer. They elevator. don't. Yeah, they don't get the customer elevator. I, th- I think you're right. It's like, is it actually solving this problem of bees? But I do think that it is an industry that is it's trending it's growing yeah people love honey with their with their classy little meals get your money in that honey right i away. think it, pull it from wheat and go straight to honey well i but i think it, it's <laughs> sell, one of those, sell sell wheat <laughs> bye 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 honey it it's it's a uh it's a it's a marketing ploy where you can say you can you can save the world with your with your wallet and I think when people buy honey, they think they're like supporting mm-hmm. bees. And it's like, I don't want bees to die. If I buy honey, we'll save the bees. And it's like, no, the problem is like the bees are dying regardless if you're buying the honey or not. And number two, bees need honey. Like they, they aren't making it for us. Yeah. They're making it for them. Yeah. Like what if what if you went up to like a squirrel and stole all its fucking acorns and said, have fun this winter, motherfucker. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what honey is. <laughs> honey's want, a honey's a fucking middle finger to the bees. God damn, I could see you saying that too. Yeah. Squirrel. Well, and, and it's all part of this farm to table uh 
love that everybody has. Mm-hmm. You know, like very similar to like wine, like honey tastes like where it came from. That's what a lot of people are saying. It does. And and there's also the there's a lot of theories too that if you eat local honey that by <clears throat> ingesting it, it will make you uh less reactive to the allergens of the local environment too. So and it can ha- also help cure like, you know, allergies. And, and cancer. like cancer mass yeah, produced definitely. honey, they take out the pollen I was reading and then if if it's like raw honey, the pollen like adds to the taste and the flavors and like the different types of nuances that come with honey palettes. Sure. <laughs> you know what I say to that? Sure. Sure. Cuz you know, you know who can taste all of that? One one <laughs> one ten thousandth of the population. Mm-hmm. It's like beer and wine and f- any kind of food. Not that many people are going to be able to decipher right. it. Sure, it's better. Is it worth ten dollars? Maybe for someone who can tell. For the rest of us, just get yeah. get that little teddy bear and jewel. Yep. Oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. I get the big teddy bear and jewel. I get that big teddy bear of honey. Well, while you'll. While you keep updating us on Venmo, I'll keep updating us on Venmo or Honey mm-hmm. and Wheat. Great deal. How is, put how put is your wheat money where your mouth is. Wheat's too. fine. Wheat's pretty stable. Pretty stable. <laughs> okay. Plateauing a little bit. It's yeah. like it's like gold. It's like Steve. Steve wants to change America from a gold standard to a wheat standard. <laughs> Someday <laughs> it'll be the wheat tycoon. You just wait, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Every week. We have a segment on this show called The Next Great Idea. Um, Nick, we didn't even ask you, did you, I don't know if you came prepared with The Next Great Idea or if you had anything you wanted to share with us today. If, if so, you're more than, ha- you're more than welcome to. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but. No, yeah, I think uh, I wrote something a little bit quickly here. Take a minute to open up the oh. notes. I mean, we, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. We think, yeah. we think you're great. We think Lacerdman's great. We think Poners is great. Um. We want to hear what the great Nick DeFina has to say. System for failure now. <laughs> uh, Brad, will you do some background music for him? Of course. Some improvised background oh, music? Oh, yeah. Yeah, set it up like a commercial. Uh, unless unless you don't want any. No, no, no. Okay. I would love, Brad. What type, of, what, type of, uh... what type of vibe are you going for? You know what? You start playing. Oh. And I'll adapt to that. Oh, nice. Look at this. Nice. Oh, like nice. Like All right. So. <clears throat> are you ready, Brad? <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, if you're feeling uncomfortable, this just keep a, pushing that harder and harder. <laughs> this is this is definitely a curveball. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll take that. Like All right. One. So, yeah. language is a confusing thing and is always changing. And sometimes we just need a simple sign to voice our feelings versus a long-winded statement. In comes my company, Clear Intentions, trying to unite the world with simple objects to convey simple or complex feelings across whatever the dividing border. <laughs> You know, guys, riding over here, I saw a Portuguese man arguing with a cop. And he was real heated, guys. I mean, steamed like a clam. But the officer was confused and didn't understand him. And as a society, I think we need a much better understanding between authorities and civilians. So in comes Clear Intentions flagship product. Constructive Criticism Stick. It's a jet black L-shaped piece of plastic that you pull out and point at someone you feel could be doing a better job. Designed to fit in the waistband of any pair of pants, the constructive critic should be suddenly and jarringly pulled out at any police officer not living up to his or her standard, and the officer will instantly know that he has failed. Hey guys, there's also a lot of people that protest Donald Trump. 
Well, imagine how ashamed he'd feel if you solemnly stride up towards him and aggressively pull out a critic stick at his face. Ah, jeez, he would say. I'm being a real stinker and need to try harder. <laughs> it would, of course, be more pow most powerful if this was done one person at a time and not in a mob setting. The Critistic is just the first in the line of Clear Intentions products that will soon feature products to heal relationships between men and women, as well as our new prototype of a thick beeping vest with stray wires to wear in an airport to let people know you are running late and need to catch a plane immediately. So that's that. I wrote nice! <laughs> Critistic? Uh, yeah, the constructive critistic. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's one of those Shark Tank ideas that is so simple yet so powerful. <laughs> Chris can't has no words. This is, this is why I wanted Nick DeFina on the show <laughs> think, uh, so bad. That was that the, was the it music. Right there. The music made everything. Yeah. <laughs> really. That was perfect. Thank, okay. Thank you so much oh, for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good. It was very good. Uh, hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah. When I say the words. Dog collar. <laughs> What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, I only think about how fucking stupid dogs are. In a so. world <laughs> where people love to anthropomorphize their dogs. In a world where people are starting to introduce advanced technology to their babies in hopes of them becoming like super, super smart. Comes a brand new product that offers your baby and dog everything. Hi, I'm Davide Blan from the Universal Technologium Institute of Orlando, and I'm here to introduce you to the Scholar Collar. After watching the movie up and using a bunch of technology that we're still figuring out, we've mastered a way to create a speaking dog collar that teaches your kids the meaning of life. That's right. Gone are the days of Sparky spewing out meaningless woof woofs and bark barks to your child. Simply place the collar device around Sparky's neck, stick the electrodes onto Sparky's head, insert one of the many cassette tapes we have to offer, and in no time, Sparky will be teaching your little Billy and Sally Shakespeare's sonnets, Aristotle's theory of justice, and Robin Williams live at the Met. <laughs> it's like a living Teddy Ruxpin, only a dog instead of a manipulative bear. And gone are the days that little Billy and Sally need to attend expensive schools and colleges. Simply just take your dog out for a long walk to learn algebra math, Neil deGrasse's <laughs> science, and the Richard Pryor live in concert. It's like a Rosetta Stone, only a dog instead of a robot person. In fact, you'll save so much on tuition that we're offering the Scholar Collar for only $29.99.99. Find your Scholar Collar at Sharper Image. Target, and wherever dog collars are sold. The Scholar Collar. Watch as your man's best friend becomes your child's best teacher. <coughs> now available for cats and fish. <laughs> you bastard. You're like the Grinch. You're like the Grinch who stole dog love. Steve, you gotta you gotta do a lot better than that to win me over. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I gotta up my game. One of these days, your heart is gonna grow three times as big for dogs. I don't know. Now, Frankie's all right, but Frankie, the second bedroom second second, second bedroom mascot. Mm -hmm. Nick, you use social media, right? Sure. Thought so. 
But I'm sure you're always saying to yourself, there just isn't enough time in my day to post all the content to my social media networks. Until now. Introducing Time Saver. That's T-M-S-V-R. Because who has time for vowels or spaces? While current social media aggregators allow you to schedule content through your, throughout your networks, Time Saver goes beyond that. We will post your content for you. Because who has time anymore? Let's get real for a minute. We live in a world where all of our media content is digitized and accessible within seconds. We live in a world where we can demand a stranger to pick us up in a car and they'll be there in five minutes. We live in a world where people can work from home because commuting to an office every day is obsolete. We live in a world where we can buy almost anything and have it delivered to our house within an hour. And even with that, we live in a world where everyone is really, really busy. The proliferation of social media means we have more networks than ever that we must post content to. And we don't have enough time to post the things that truly matter anymore, like what we're eating. What we look like with pixie dust around us, a fad hashtag that we have a passing interest in, pictures of animals sleeping, and getting into discussions about race in the comment section of your brother's post about Costco. <laughs> Until now. Time Saver gives you, gives you your life back by posting your life for you. To get started, download our app, skim through the terms of service, answer our patented 100-point lifestyle inspection survey, turn your social media passwords over to us, and we'll start posting content on your behalf. Finally, take a deep breath, because now, all, now you have all the time in the world to do important things like sleeping in, waiting in line for brunch, laying on the beach, going to music festivals, day drinking, and taking care of your children. Download from the App Store or Google Play. Time Saver. That's T-M-S-V-R. Because who has the time? Who has the time has indeed? The time? <laughs> uh, as we wrap up this episode, we do, always do, uh, kind of like just a quick moral. Like, what was today's moral? And I would like to dedicate this to you, Nick, and, mm. and ask that uh, you share with any aspiring animator or person who's launching uh, uh, their own creative project, like what words of wisdom through your own experience with Lacerdman uh, can you offer up? Um, I would say the simplest thing is to do it. Uh, I don't think you'll ever have any regrets of doing something. You will have regrets of not doing something. Amen. Within reason. I'm not advocating murder or anything like that. Good. Good not, disclaimer. Not, not, not advocating it either. Sometimes it's just, but... Yeah, just go ahead and make sure <laughs> just just pursue the dream. If you are able, you have the time and you have the effort, don't keep it as a pipe dream. At least follow through with it. Amen. Guys, Lacerdman is available on Amazon to rent or buy. It features such a fun cast and crew. Uh, Nick, uh, that we've had on the show, wrote, made, animated the movie. We have so many universe head uh, people who actually were voices on uh, the movie. Garrett Kelly, the uncomplicated Garrett Kelly, who's been a guest on this show. Uh, Drew Current is the lead. He's the producer of uh, Universe Head. Uh, Dan Wright, who's on uh, The Push Off. So many. Check it out, please. The Lacerdman on Amazon. Thank you, Nick DeFina, so much Thank for you. joining yeah. us. Absolutely amazing. Thanks, Thanks for coming me. in today, man. Um, show plug, quick, Chris, if I may. 
Yeah, go for it. Uh, I have one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, PH, we are uh, spreading out into Chicago land after our theater closed down. So, right now, we are performing a show called The Great Showdown at uh, Laugh Out Loud Theater in Chicago. Uh, it's 11 p.m. on Fridays. Check it out. It's such a fun show. We also have uh, a show called Game Night um, that is going to be on November 15th. Uh, game night is like long form improv and every week it's a different game. It could be battleship. It could be dungeons and dragons on November 15th. It will be Oregon trail. Dun, dun, dun. So please check us out. What is ph.com or uh, laugh out loud comedy, uh, on their website. We also do a college show every Thursday at annoyance. So please check that out as well. Those are my show plugs. Chris, what do you got? Yeah. Um, so I am, this is actually a serious one. Uh, I'm on the board uh, of a couple of nonprofits here in Chicago, one of which is the Neo Futurist. So since the troops inception in 1988, Neo Futurist is actually one of the most highly regarded experimental theater, theater companies in America. They got a brand new show. I just checked it out on Monday. Absolutely amazing. Tangles and Pla- Plaques. And it's a play about forgetting and remembering. It's uh, part of the 2016-2017 commission. So Tangles and Plaques attempts to demystify the experiences of dementia in the language of theater. You should, you guys should really check it out. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, Touch my heart. Go to neofuturist.org to find out more. Nick, any plugs? Um, I would just say l-e-s-e-u-r-d-m-i-n.com. Amen. There you go. Amen. Brad Kemp, any any plugs? Second Bedroom Studio, check it out. Secondbedroomstudio.com. Is that right, Brad? Yep. That Amen. Is right. Guys, thanks for joining us today on Inferior Men. If you like this podcast, be sure to download, subscribe, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get those things. Uh, check out our new YouTube channel for special content and outtakes that didn't make it in the show. Inferior Men is part of the Universe Head Podcast Network. Go to universehead.com to check out other great podcasts we'll see you next week and remember the superior man starts his day with a bowl of oats and fresh fruit the inferior man waits three hours to drink bottomless mimosas join us next week for another episode of inferior Inferior Men. men good luck everyone